When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey Nadia, how's it going everybody? Hey Lon, what do you think of last night's final episode of this uh, season's 90 day fiance uh i'm glad that a lot of it was yara and jovi there wasn't really much i think going on with with everybody else to me it was it was either being rehashed or it was stuff that i didn't really care to see like mike and natalie we already know how it's turning out so i don't know it, i mean I, I it was yeah I'm just glad that it was a lot of Jovi and Yara. <laughs> I'm guessing Jovi and Yara is like your favorite couple, right? Because you keep saying that to you, they're the most genuine couple. Right. Yeah. And I mean it now more than ever, especially like with the baby special and then seeing them. I think Jovi kind of mentioned it too. And he, he kind of phrased it as, you know, everything that we've been through was totally worth it. And it's it's good to see a couple who can have these arguments and they're real arguments. You don't fabricate the kind of arguments that they have. Some of it's petty. Some of it is, okay, I understand where they're coming from. And some of it is pure stubbornness. And like, these aren't the kind of arguments that you really fabricate. Like she has a valid reason to be angry at times. And Jovi has a valid reason to feel how he feels at times. Definitely they're a younger couple. I would say they're the, they're one of the more interesting couples and of the things that could have been fabricated about their relationship. I think for the most part, a lot of it, what, what we're seeing is, is actually pretty real. And I dig that. And 90 day fiance needs more Jovi and Yara's, I think. Right. I agree. If I were to pick my favorite couple of the season, it would have to be Jovi and Yara. Now that I think about it. I mean, I like Rebecca and Ziet because I think they're, a real couple as well. Mm -hmm. But if you talk about like a breath of fresh air type of new introduction to the 90 day fiance universe, I would say it would be Jovi and Yara, just mm -hmm. because we know what Rebecca and Ziet's are all about. I mean, trying to think like who else I, I would say coming close to that would be Brendan and Julia. I thought they were cute. Right. I yes. don't necessarily <clears throat> am too fond of Brendan, but I think as a couple, they're very cute. And I would say to me, it would be a tie between Jovi and Yara and Brendan and Julia. Yeah, I agree. And I think too, with their storylines, they were interesting, not just the drama, but I think the challenges that they faced were really interesting challenges right. and they didn't seem they didn't just seem like filler whenever you were watching brandon 
and Julia or Yara and Jovi. It just didn't feel like a lot of filler. It, it was really entertaining. It made for really entertaining TV. And, you know, whatever was fabricated or not, it was still really entertaining TV. It was still good stuff to watch. You didn't need anything like, oh, a third woman. How is that? And then draw that out for the entire, like it was constantly changing right it wasn't mm-hmm. like the same shit we're getting all the time whereas everybody else like mike and natalie oh the ring the ring the ring the ring yep. fucking how many episodes 10 11 episodes of am, am i gonna get the ring you know how, how's this gonna work with another girlfriend it was different every episode with brandon and julia and yara and jovi it was like everybody kind of ran out of ideas of where their story was going to go. And then they dragged it on. They took one idea and they dragged it out. Whereas like, for me, those two couples had a lot of interesting things going on in their plot lines. (laughs) Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Shall we start with Mike and Natalie and the inevitable wedding? that we know that they're bound to have. What do you think of, now that it has come to an end, what do you think of their whole drama with the ring? I mean, I know you just mentioned it, but I mean, I feel like I have trust issues with this couple. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because (laughs) here's what I read too, is that next week during the tell-all, supposedly the drama with them is Natalie Kim to the studio separately from Mike. And Sean Robinson is going to ask why that's the case. There's already speculation that they're no longer together, right? And we mentioned mm. that during our last podcast. Right. Now I'm wondering if they're even a genuine couple to begin with, or is this just a transaction for them? Because remember what one of Jovi and Yara's friends said after the wedding? She said, well, let's watch what happens after one year and see if she still has a green card or something like that. And that right. that gave me the idea that, you know what, maybe Natalie and Mike just went ahead and got married. And after one year, Natalie's like, all right, peace. See ya. Right. So yeah. I, that's why I said I have trust issues with this couple. Like, I don't want to see them again. Like, no thanks. They can be in Discovery Plus for all I care, but we're not Discovery Plus subscribers. So good riddance. <laughs> Toss them into the Discovery Plus bucket because I don't want them to make another appearance on the show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, with Natalie and Mike, if we're to trust what we're seeing on TV, I just think Mike, he's not ready. We've already kind of spoken about how we think this was a marriage out of convenience to uncomplicate a complicated situation. They just went ahead and did it. I think Mike actually as disgusting as it is, is he wants a girlfriend, not a wife. And he wants Natalie to be there and and to do all these things. And it's not even just like a genuine girlfriend where they're in a genuine relationship. I think he was manipulative and he was using the ring and the possibility of marriage to kind of control Natalie and to manipulate Natalie. So there's this insidiousness about the way he went around things and dangling the carrot is a phrase I used a lot to describe them. It just doesn't seem like he wanted to be in a marriage, but he knew that he has a good thing with Natalie 
he's getting laid. Like, how much longer can I keep this going? Right. And when it was time to finally commit, he's like, oh, I I don't know. And then now her her visa has expired. So they had to get married to uncomplicate that situation. And, you know, I'm not sure how it all goes down the drain. I'm not surprised that it did. But, you know, how that plays out, I'm not sure. Um, I'm down to watch the tell-all and and see what has transpired since then. But we already know that it doesn't work out, right? Yeah. It seems that way. That said, the internet is speculating that the reason why we're hearing these rumors about them not working out is basically them trying to pimp themselves out to TLC Uh. um, to get more airtime on the 90 Day Fiancé franchise. Like, they want to be on Happily Ever After or they want to be on one of those... They they want to stay relevant. So in order to stay relevant, they have to cook up some drama surrounding them. So, again, this brings back to my point. I have trust issues with this couple. (laughs) Now they're forcing it, you know, on us. You need a show. Uncle Bo needs a show. Exactly. <laughs> that guy needs a show. Yeah. Uncle Boo and his wife Peter. Right? <laughs> when he showed up in that tank top and sandals. <laughs> sandals and socks. Yeah. <laughs> to a wedding. <laughs> well, yeah. Uncle Boo is always stylish, right? According to yeah. Natalie. <laughs> yeah. But he's an interesting guy. He's an interesting character. Much more watchable, I think, than Mike. I don't know. I wouldn't watch a spinoff of, of Mike and Natalie. Yeah. I wouldn't. Whatever maybe they do if, to stay relevant, I wouldn't be interested. Maybe if Uncle Bo is in the mix. Maybe. If they show more of Uncle Bo, yeah, I would, yeah. I would definitely consider it. If the trailer has Uncle Bo doing really cool things and interesting <laughs> things, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll watch it for him. But I wanted to barf when they were talking about, oh, What's going to happen tonight? You guys going to, when the trailer's rocking, don't come knocking. I do not, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Speaking of uh, gagging, (laughs) how about Stephanie posting a picture of Harris? On her refrigerator? (laughs) Dude, that, that fridge is Bluetooth connected, I bet. Like, you can wirelessly project a photo on that fridge that fridge is hella expensive yeah it's a smart fridge that you can run your photo album through it you could probably create yeah right yeah right, right. A little and yet she pastes the photo <laughs> she actually went to print a photo of harris yeah paste it on her smart fridge boomer <laughs> <laughs> okay boomer totally boomer yeah <laughs> Oh, well. Yeah, I thought that was funny, too. I'm like, wait, doesn't that have Wi-Fi connectivity? Right. Bluetooth connectivity? You can network it. (laughs) So let me ask you, are Harris and Emma, his baby mama, are they both frauding Stephanie? Or is it just Harris that's playing both sides? I think they're both in on it. They have to be. After that phone call... In my notes, I wrote, oh, the baby mama's cool. And then when they showed the footage of Harris kissing her on the lips. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I had spoken too soon or written too soon. They're playing her, man. They totally are. I don't think it's a cultural thing. What's he going to say? That that's 
how he kisses all his friends, quote unquote, right? There's something more there. I already saw it coming when the way he put his arm around her um, when they were sitting down and like he had his arm around her waist. There's a certain thing about that. And then when they went in for the kiss, that sealed the deal for me. I was like, dude, she's getting played. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. He's trying to secure the bag. They're trying to secure the bag. And I mean, I get that he's trying to get a better life for his family or whatever. But, you know, I I don't think it should be at the expense of another person, especially when it comes to matters of the heart. There are other ways you can make a better life for yourself and for the people you love. And it doesn't have to be exploitative and like definitely hurtful or to use somebody um and to to play to toy around with their heart like that to play games with their heart like that so yeah yeah Bucca Harris. I, <laughs> I feel sad for stephanie because she's being looked at like an atm and harris talking about coming to the u.s almost sounds like it's an internship that he's vying for <laughs> You know, like, yeah, pick me, pick me. I really want to go to the U.S. I have big dreams. Like when he said, especially his top priority is his family. Mm. You already know that he's not doing this for love. What he wants out of it is different from what Stephanie wants out of it. Yeah. I guess I agree with you. I think both him and his baby mama are in on this, I want to say honest scam because they're not wishy-washy about it they're really straight up like yeah you know i've never met someone who is giving me free money so i want more yeah you know it's like he didn't there's a better way to say that too he could have said like oh she's she's really generous and blah but he just the way he said it was like wow dude (laughs) like i've never been someone who just gives me free money that's something i can't like you know i won't find or that's hard to find in my head i was like <laughs> it was like, uh oh, <laughs> he's talking reckless right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you both him and Emma probably talked about a scheme where he gets to the US first, gets himself stabilized, maybe stay with Stephanie for a year. And then after that, maybe bring all his family over. And Stephanie is basically just a springboard for him and his family right he just sees her as a means to an end is that the timeline that's the what the other person was referring to a year after a year yeah usually after you get your if you after you get your k-1 visa approved you have to stay married for at least a year year. before you can turn your conditional green card to a permanent green card and then after that i guess you can get divorced deuces right (laughs) yeah Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think Stephanie and Harris, this whole uh, drama with them, it leaves me feeling kind of uncertain about... Because at first, I don't feel bad for Stephanie. I, You know, we all can see that she's a sex tourist. But then now I feel bad for her because she's being exploited in a way. But I think I'm glad too that she's obviously not with harris i don't think so mm-hmm. she's moved on and she's not on the tell all i'm not sure if you <gasps> notice but in the preview what? i don't think i see her and i think that makes sense because 
her story isn't a 90-day fiancé story, if you think about it. 90-day fiancé couples are couples that already have their K-1 visa approved. But then when you saw her torch that K-1 visa outside her house... Ryan. Yeah, which again, I'm like, why can't you do that at your fireplace? Where does it have to be in the woods? And, you know, <laughs> if this was California, I'll be like screaming at her because I'm like, you're causing another wildfire. <laughs> but it kind of goes to show that she hasn't really sent in the necessary paperwork because I guess she was waiting to see if Ryan was the one. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are saying like, well, why is she even on the show? Why can't she be part of Before the 90 Days? Mm, you know, like she's right. on the wrong show. Right. Yeah. I would have still wanted a life update, though. Kind of see where it was at. If, if they asked, so what happened? I'd tune in for that. If the question fall they asked was, what happened with, with you and Harris? I'd still be interested to find out. And if they said, oh, well, by the way, did you see this? You know, and, and did you watch the last episode and, and see what her reaction is and tell us what, how she feels about that? Because, I mean... The footage is out there now. Like, did she see that? Did she see him kissing his baby mama on the lips? How does she feel about that? Right. I would have liked to see her on the tell-all just to kind of see where she is at right now with all this. Yeah, except I don't think she's part of the tell-all. Yeah. Well, at least I don't remember. Yeah. But you know who's part of the tell-all? Andrew and Amira? Yeah. Until Andrew walked out of it. <laughs> Good for or, that. Or at least that's what we saw on the preview is that he he threatened to walk away from the tell-all because apparently Amira is not there, which is strange. He kept saying like, well, I will only sit through this if Amira is on the same stage as me or something like that. But yeah, I have to say Amira should be awarded with dodging the biggest bullet <laughs> Or the douchiest bullet of the season, which is Andrew <laughs> and his family. Yeah. Because, holy shit, his mom is just despicable. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. I, I don't really blame the family because he's not telling them the truth, though. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm waiting for him. I'm like, I bet he's not. He's not. He's not going to tell them the whole story. And he doesn't. Yeah. You see him beating around the bush, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she like feels a certain way, blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of coaxing him for an explanation. Well, who does that? And I don't really believe there's got to be more. And he keeps dancing around it. I'm like, dude, just tell. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too, Lon, is that like we cannot really blame his mom entirely for thinking the way she's thinking because Andrew is her son. Like that's what mom that do, right? Because they, they'll defend their son. Right. And plus, Amira's not there to defend herself. So obviously she's hearing one side of it. And I feel like Andrew's also being defensive towards Amira, maybe because he wants to seem innocent in all this. Like he's like mm-hmm. just as shocked as them. And he's conveniently leaving out all the important details as to why she didn't come to the US. Right. And I thought his sister called him out on it. Mm. You know, like his sister was like, well, you don't look that angry. Are you already in the acceptance stage? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's trying to say oh, so you're already over the breakup. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe you're the guilty party because you seem to be over it. Right. So I kind of had to give mad props to the sister for calling him out 
uh, or at mm-hmm. least kind of probing him a little bit more because he's trying to play the victim here and I don't think that's cool especially when you downplay an anxiety attack that person genuinely is yeah. freaking out and you're being very abusive towards her emotionally and she verbally. had an Andrew attack right <laughs> that's exactly. what it was <laughs> oh no now you're sounding like Karen you know Chantel's mom <laughs> with your one-liners like that's an Andrew but, <laughs> what he did though like he attacked her that was an attack what we read you know on the last episode with the text message and the way he was speaking to her and the kind of veiled threats he was making with the diction choice that he was using with more rope to hang yourself by and what else did he say i forget but like shoot yourself in the food food. yeah these are veiled threats right you know are you better have my baby kind of speak that she's afraid of and he's forcing her and you know she brings it up when she goes on her little rant at the end where she's like i will love myself again and i will never let like andrew control me again so the control being the key word there i think she knows that he was controlling her right so this anxiety attack was a product of andrew attacking her i'll go as far as to say that i think so as much as it it could be kind of quippy and corny (laughs) and (laughs) kareny like that was i think it's for me at least it's proper to say that yeah and and, and, like she was attacked by andrew (laughs) right unpopular question here let's go for it did amira try hard enough to salvage the relationship try hard enough like okay how about this do you think Amira gave up too easily considering how she's gone through the whole Mexico thing, the Serbia thing, only to just give up after a quote-unquote disagreement about kids? Because this is where we already explore this whole possibility of them frauding all of us with their fake love story. Mm-hmm. Because there are whispers out there on the internet about why is it that Amir complained about being forced to do quarantine, blah, 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 when she could just easily block him and then to suddenly give up so easily when she's showing all kinds of enthusiasm towards coming to the U.S. and she was really determined and then she suddenly just decide to give up on the relationship. Coupled with the fact that Andrew does not feel too too sad like he reacted like nothing happened i just wonder does this lead up to the fact that both of them probably frauded us all She's this time chasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh for me again this comes down to the text messages mm. and that's a glimpse and If that is a glimpse of what she has to deal with regularly, which I'm under the impression she does, I'm under the impression that those are his true colors and he shows them to her more times than we've seen on the show. And we get a glimpse of it here and there Mm -hmm. when he tells her, oh, I, I think you need to do this. Here are your choices, right? But we can infer from the way she speaks you know, when she says things that he constantly gives me ultimatums and he said this, he said X, Y, Z. He said, if I don't do this, then this. Mm-hmm. 
I think whenever I have other friends tell me of similar experiences and they stay, it, it all comes down to what she said in this episode when she said, I will love myself again. Do you love yourself enough to know when you're being treated like crap and to leave? Or do you love the other person that much that you're willing to like sacrifice your life? Not even sacrifice your life because sacrifice seems like a very selfless act, but I wouldn't want you to sacrifice your life for trash, right? right. To just give it up. When I think of it like that, I believe her. I think she gave it all she had. But there are times where you have to draw the line. And if this guy doesn't let up and you, you see the red signs, I think she was smart. I think as an educated person and as somebody who does love herself, she sees the signs and she's just not going to go, well, I'm going to change my life and throw caution to the wind and move to America. I think as somebody who's smart and who loves herself, she's like, I, I cannot see my future with this guy. She's who I wanted Natalie to be. Mm. She's who after all this time, like Natalie is still, yeah, I want to marry you still. Still? After the way he's acting, you see the red flags. Whereas Amira sees the red flags and she acts on it. Given right. this information, given what you know about him and how he treats you, you know, and how he's really shitty in the way he communicates to you. And he puts you in these positions to make these really important decisions. And he wants them now. Um, there's a countdown. <laughs> there's a countdown. <laughs> what was that? That was hella rude. If someone yeah. counts down to like get answers from me, I'm like... Fuck no. Again, like, that text message, right? That yeah. you see, all saw the screenshot and y'all saw what she means by the countdown is in his replies. He had like a five, four, three. And then he even says it. You have this much of my time. Yeah. Very shitty, disrespectful shit from him. I'm like, that really did it for me. That seeing it with my own eyes. Right. You know, and these are the messages he sends her. Right. And I, I know they're not doing long distance calling all the time. They're on text. So, you know, what else? What else is he saying to her on text where his real tone comes out? I think she tried the right amount. She put the right amount of effort to where she's like, eh, this ain't for me. This isn't for me. Yeah. I think part of me wants to believe that there are a lot that TLC didn't capture off screen. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why he's being very douchey to her not that he's not a douchey person in real life. I'm guessing he probably is. But I think he's trying to assert that amount of control towards her because he feels like she owes him. She owes him for the K-1 visa that he's sponsoring her. Mm. So he feels like there's an amount of power that he has over her. And rightfully so in his mind. You know, mm -hmm. because I'm sponsoring you this K-1 visa. You better do as... I told better do everything I tell you to do. Yeah. He's you, owed something. Yeah. So what, I think that's uh, his attitude towards her. Hence the way he texts her, the way he talks down to her. After uh, everything I've done. Right. Right. He holds it over her head and I don't like that shit. Yeah. I think sometimes when you do things for other people, there's a certain amount of consideration that you get, but that doesn't mean you get to hold this over them right. the entire time. So he and Big might have that same mentality, it seems like, because they're I was like, just about to say that. yeah, because they're like, well, we paid for the green card. You got to do as I please, right? You're on my timeline. It's such a bad approach to 
this whole K1 visa situation is that if you want someone to come be with you, it has to be a sacrifice that you're willing to take because mm -hmm. it requires sponsorship. The U.S. person has to sponsor the foreigner to come to the U.S. And that means, I guess, in some or a lot of circumstances, that means forking out a bit of money because visas cost. <laughs> but I feel like if you're truly in love, you shouldn't act like they owe you. It's more of like you want them to come over, right. you know, to close the gap, to be with them in the same continent, right? Right. So you shouldn't treat them as, oh, you owe me. Like, I'm the boss of all this. <laughs> I feel like that's the approach and the attitude that I see coming out of Andrew and Big Mike. Right. You know? It's like a right. huge inconvenience for them. Right. Then don't date people overseas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> what a bunch of wankers. <laughs> anyway. Shall we... Uh, Close this out with uh, Jovi and Yara. Jovi and Yara. And Yay. Myla. <laughs> and Myla. I'm happy for them. Congratulations, Jovi and Yara. Myla looks so cute. But before we get into that, dial it back a little bit to before the special. Right. right? The Jovi and Yara baby special. I really liked how close, well, not maybe not close, but closer than before, Yara and Gwen, Jovi's mom, got. And you can see that Jovi's mom really cares about Yara. The bit where, because due to COVID, he was unable to come home right away. So she stayed in, what was it, La Rose? Is it called? The small town where the mom's at? And she was yeah, talking in the to bio. the camera. Right. Yeah. And she's talking to the camera and she's like, you know, yeah, Yara, you know, she feels this way and poor thing. And, you know, she's, she feels alone. And then she couldn't finish and she started crying. I thought that was a really touching moment to kind of, wow. to kind of see that. You Gwen see, is the MVP. Yeah, Definitely. you can see she cares. <laughs> Just the way they act around each other is, is different. And I really like that. <laughs> and when Yara was expecting wedding presents, I thought that was funny and endearing because normally, like at the beginning of the season, I would have said, I would have thought that was really materialistic. When the season started, I thought that was very materialistic of Yara to expect these kinds of things from Jovi. But then like at the end of their wedding, which was hilarious and it looked like she loved it, by the way. I thought she had a great time. She was somewhat dancing on the way out when they're walking out with Elvis. I thought she really loved it. And during the interview, she said, I don't get no presents yet. <laughs> I think at the beginning of the season, that would have just bothered me a bit. Like, why is she such a 12-year-old? But then, like, now that I've gotten to know Yara and just kind of fall in love with her as much as I can, right? I, I found that to be very enduring that she's like that. Like, that's mm -hmm. just who she is. And you just have to kind of love her for it. And yeah, and Jovi was a good sport. I don't know if he was trying to be romantic or if he meant that there were presents, but he was like, oh, they're in the room, you know? And I was like, you know, is he trying to hint, you know, at like some wedding sex or whatever, but, or, <laughs> or does he, or does he have really gifts? Did he buy like, you know, boxed gifts and stuff? I just thought that was really cute. So yeah, the baby, Mila, I thought that was a good thing to show. I 
really enjoyed watching this part. It's a departure, I think, from what 90 Day Fiance does and focusing on the relationship aspect of it. I think they did a good job of maybe showing the conflict leading up to it. Like Jovi ignoring her again (laughs) and her going, you're not home, you know, and he tried to say, oh, how's my little baby girl and pet her stomach. And she's like, she's good waiting for her drunk dad (laughs) to come back. (laughs) Burn. Yeah. And he couldn't be less prepared. Like he couldn't be less prepared for this. He should already be in that frame of mind where he's looking out for her. And he's leaving her alone. And I'm like, she's pregnant, dude. What if her water were to break, you know, and you're out? And I understand his point of view. He's been gone for what, four months? He's afraid of losing his freedom once the baby comes. So I get that too. I understand that too. But dude, she's pregnant, man. (laughs) This baby's ready to pop. I thought the baby special was a nice touch. And it showed the side of Jovi that I've wanted to see with Yara caring about somebody other than himself and to see him holding Mila and just like, you know, with the skin to skin thing and oh, you know, and seeing him being a dad gives me hope for Jovi as a father. And um, also I was yesterday years old when I found out what a push gift was. <laughs> I haven't Googled it yet. I still haven't Googled that. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid to, to Google it and find out that this is something that everybody knows about. And I'm like a push gift. <laughs> okay. That's what that is. If I had to take a guess, it sounds like I myself, I haven't Googled what it is, but it sounds like if someone were to give birth, they deserve to get a gift. So for me, just to dial it back, that wedding wasn't intimate, man. Like, what the fuck? Like, all the aunts and uncles showing up. I'm like, I I remember vividly from the beginning, she was insisting that it's just her and Jovi because she didn't want to invite everyone else. She didn't want to offend her own family. And then suddenly, everyone and their grandmother (laughs) came out to Vegas. And I'm like, are they just tagging along because it's Vegas? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a few friends, few friends too. Like his besties but and stuff. But the <laughs> aunt was there. The aunt gave them a toast. So I figured like, what the hell, man? This is the part where they frauded us or they, they maybe hyped this up so much and suddenly it's just a normal Vegas wedding. I just think it was Jovi getting what he wanted. I think she knew that too because she complained a lot about, oh, it's always what Jovi wants or he'll right. say something and he'll go back on it. So I can see how she has some resentment. Yeah. Yeah. Because she always mentioned it. And it was just supposed to be you and me. So I think she knew, you know, that there was a shit ton of people that weren't supposed yeah. to be there. <laughs> I was just surprised seeing everyone showing up. I thought it was just a couple of people and their parents. And it's like, wow, the entire... Ten at most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the entire room was almost full. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I might get crucified for this, but I'm not a fan of her hair, her wedding hair. It was big hair. It was big 80s hair. And I'm like, it was 80s hair. Why? Like, she has a nice dress, great figure. Like, why did the hairstylist or her makeup artist, why why that hairstyle? But anyway. Do you think she chose that look, though? I don't think she did. I want to say it's out of her control because it's not her style. I've not seen her. It you know, doesn't like, look outs- like it would be, yeah. Yeah, because outside of the wedding, you don't see Yara with that kind of hair. Like, you see her with the normal locks and everything, but... But don't she you doesn't... point? Don't what you do like 
like when they say, well, what do you have? And like, you, you just, I just always figured women like would point at a photo and go, how about something like this? Or would have something ready and go like, maybe, something like this. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> she, maybe she did pick it. I don't know, but I'm just not a fan of the, it wasn't a hair. good look. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. <laughs> she was still pretty though. She was still beautiful. It just, yeah. the hair was <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nothing against her. It's just a hair. I it was do... not a Yara kind of look. Right. <laughs> I do have to say, I think deep down the mom knows that her son struck gold with Yara. And mm. I think that she probably told herself, like, I'll do everything in my powers to make her feel comfortable, to make her feel welcome, mm. to make her feel that Jovi is the guy that she should stick with. She's a catch. She's definitely she's a, winner, a catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a winner. You know, it's great that they got a, a, I think it was a private hospital because it looks like they had the room all to themselves. And I thought, mm. oh, Jovi's balling. <laughs> Just like you, I think that the skin to skin that he did with his child was nice to see. I think when my partner and I were watching this, he was asking me like, what the hell is Jovi doing? And I'm like, skin to skin. Like, yeah. it's not just a mom thing. It's a dad thing too, you know. Welcome to 2020. Come on. Or 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got and, a little teary-eyed during, during. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I got teary-eyed when Yara said, she never thought she could love anyone more than the baby. And I yeah. thought that was like the sweetest thing that she said. At the end of the day, like I know Yara started off as this sassy ice queen type of character that may seem a bit difficult to, to like. But mm -hmm. after this whole season is now almost over, she definitely grew on me gradually. And I can understand why she acts the way she acts especially the part where she's asking jovi for gifts and all that i don't think she does that unless she knows jovi can afford it and yeah. i think jovi can afford it he just comes across as being cheap <laughs> so yeah. yeah i thought it was nice of her to bake a cake but i guess it didn't that turn too. out well <laughs> that too the cake yeah yeah the cake was really sweet for his birthday right she got him an Apple Watch. God she damn. got an Apple Watch. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, again, in, in the beginning, you know, you, you kind of feel some type of way about when she's being how she's being. But then you really see that she, when you see that, that, that a person actually has a good heart yeah. and the person does certain things, that some of this stuff is just who she is. And now I find it endearing. Now I'm just like, oh, that's just Yara, though. You have to know her. You have to know her as a full person. Yeah, I think. And if all you see is when she talks to Jovi a certain way or when she asks for gifts, you're kind of just like, wow, she's she can be a little bitch, you know, or yeah, she's shallow, materialistic or shallow. Right. But again, take a step back, understand the camera is not capturing her as a complete person, as a complete package, as, as, a, yep. as a human being. Yep, you agreed. know, they're showing what's going to get these ratings throughout the season. When you see other things and when you see the mistakes Jovi makes and how she's not actually being needy, some of the things she's asking are things that are like, fucking, you just want to hit Jovi over the head and go, come on, man, she's fucking pregnant, man. Like when you start to see her in her totality, then like these things are, are really actually not that bad. So 
She grew on me too. I have to admit that she did grow on me at first. I was just like, oh, she, she's into the finer things in life and she's materialistic. And Jovi just has to know that he's dating a high maintenance girl, which he is. But I felt differently saying that in the beginning. And, and now she's still high maintenance, but <laughs> she's a little more lovable. Yeah. More lovable, not a little more. I've really come to really enjoy Yara and again, find her endearing now at this point. Yeah. I think they are going to be featured on Happily Ever After together with Brandon and Julia. So good. hopefully that's something to look forward to. I know that's <laughs> coming up after the tell-all is over. So listeners, if you're still listening, we're probably going to cover that. As long as TLC broadcasts free content on their main channel, we will definitely try to cover it, I guess. <laughs> I'm down to watch that. Yeah. More Brandon and Julia, more Jovi and Yara. I'm down to watch them. Word. All right. So, Lon, do we have a WTF moment? So for me, my WTF moment isn't really a bad moment. My WTF moment was when they were giving birth. And only because those scenes are so strong for me, I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? To see just how much pain she was in and how the fear, the actual fear in Jovi's face, you know, and he said it himself. He said, it's just, it hurts to see her like this and knowing I can't do anything. And he's just sitting down and holding her hand and she's just trying to do her breathing exercises. And then she starts screaming, I can't, I can't, I can't. And you see for the first time that this guy's fucking scared, man. And so for me, that was the moment where I was just like, wow, WTF, that really hit different, you know, seeing that. And every time I see like real documented, like documentary style births on television, I'm always like, women, y'all have it hard, hands down. There's no way I'm doing that. There's no way. Like, and I think women do it because they're they're forced to kind of do that. If y'all were to say, hey, who wants an easy birth? <laughs> I'm pretty sure people would opt for that. I think yeah. that's just the biology of it. And it was awesome that she was like, I'm not doing it. She didn't want to do an epidural, right? Does that make At it At first, easier? yeah. Does I, it what? I'm assuming that makes it easier. I'm assuming. I don't really know. It's, I don't know it's, an, it's a painkiller or it's, it's something that numbs the spine from the bottom. Right, upwards. okay. So... That's why Yara was skeptical about getting the epidural because, and I don't want to speak out of turn here because I'm not a mom yet, but from my understanding, there are complications, I guess, or there are risks of, uh, mm. you know, when you take the epidural because you cannot feel the pushing, you know, you, you can't feel anything. So it's like with the contraction, you can actually feel every every nerve, right? And that's why you feel the pain. But then when you take the epidural, she highlighted some of the risks. I, I, for some reason, it, I, I can't remember it. But she's just worried that it might go south, you know, when she gives yeah. birth. But eventually, people kind of need it because it is that much painful. Yeah. <laughs> and I can only imagine. Did so kudos to moms. Her, <laughs> they gave her something that said the pain would be even more because of it. Like Pitocin They gave something to induce the, the labor. Yeah. And I, I don't think know. I was that's when up. the contractions came in. And I think that's when she opted for the epidural. I could be wrong. I have to watch it again. But yeah, I was just at awe with them filming the whole birth. Because like you said, it's a departure from what they normally film on 90 Day Fiancé. I, I, I can't remember for the life of me 
if there are any other couples that they've filmed giving birth. This yeah, might be the, the first to me. I, I they filmed it last time, but they they left. The who, who um, was it? The hip hop dancer that you know fell in love with. What's her name? Binyam and Binyam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. really? But wait, hold on. They, they didn't really. Oh, film that's it. right. That's right. Yeah, they she, did. They said, you got to give birth. When? Yeah. Today. And she's like, today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they went to a certain extent, and then it kind of fades out. She's right, like, oh, and right, it fades right, right. away. Yeah, and then that's all you see. I wonder if it's because yeah. it's cesarean rather than. Oh, I forgot that too. Yeah, because remember it's premature. Like she's like, "Oh, I'm not due to give birth," and then they were like, "Well, the baby's in danger because it's not that's, turning you're right, or something." You're right. There were complications. Yeah, so I don't think, and and plus, like every hospital has a has a right to turn cameras away mm -hmm. because it's a distraction. Like if you're in a surgery, do you really want a lot of people in the same room? Right. I don't know, but yeah, um, he cut the umbilical cord. Jovi. Yeah, I know. I yeah. saw that. He you just... know, <laughs> I have to say, Jovi grew on me too. I know he seemed like a brat. He's a mama's boy, but he's not too bad, I guess, compared to all the other jerks on the show. Like he's likable. Yeah, yeah. he's likable compared to the rest of them, like yeah. Andrew and Big Mike. I still want to hit him over the head sometimes. Like, dude, yeah, what are you thinking, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that scene where he, the mom got him a gift. And he was trashing the gift. He was like, this isn't for me. What the hell? No, I'm going to carry my baby in this. This isn't for me. And she's like, you fucking... <laughs> You're a dad now, you know? And the mom was driving. We're ungrateful little... Yeah, and he just in the back. I'm like, you fucking guy. <laughs> oh, Jovi. <laughs> Again, for me, they're my favorite couple by far. Agree, agree. All right. I don't know if I have a WTF moment. I think it's when Stephanie tried to uh, torch that K-1 visa papers outside her house. I'm like, why? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you, you doing? <laughs> there are a lot of dried leaves around you. Yeah. <laughs> she almost burned herself too because she, like, I think at some point had to let go of the burning papers. Yeah. And I was like, no. We view that differently here in Cali. <laughs> yeah. As Californians, we're very sensitive to people burning stuff outside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that would be my WTF, I guess. All right. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Lon, where yeah. can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me, um, actually, um, on the 90 Day Fiance Instagram. There should be a link, but if um, if it's not there, my uh, there my page is lon underscore like underscore lon. That's L-A-N underscore like underscore L-A-W-N. I also have a gaming page as I live stream now on Facebook. Um, that is Italics Plays, I-I-T-A-L-I-X Plays. And on Instagram, I-I-T-A-L-I-X. How about you, Nadia? Wait, hold on. What are you playing right now? Tell us what you're playing right now on Facebook. 
Currently, I'm playing Resident Evil 7, which is the prequel to Resident Evil 8 Village. We are about to finish that, but Outriders is out, so we're playing Outriders as well. I'm looking forward to playing Mass Effect soon and Kena Bridge of Spirits. I mostly play action-adventure RPGs on the PlayStation 5, but recently have also been playing PlayStation 4 games optimized for PlayStation 5. Nice. You can engage with me over the 90 Day Fiancé WTF Instagram or Twitter. Myself and Lon, we are the moderators on our social media accounts. I'm not a very interesting person, Lon, unfortunately, so I don't know. Might not be fun to engage with me. Yes, you are. (laughs) Stop. I did catch up on the uh, MonsterVerse movies, like the I watched the Kongs, I... the Godzillas, and I. Did you watch the new one? No, not I yet. have not. But no. you watched um. You watch what? Skull Island was it? I watched Skull then... Island. I watched Godzilla, and I watched Godzilla King of Monsters, and then now. Um, Look at you! That's exciting. Waiting to watch, yeah, waiting to watch uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Who are you rooting for? I don't know. I feel conflicted. No preference, or do no you like? No preference. You no like preference. Kong? I think Kong is likable. Yeah. Maybe misunderstood. Uh, maybe misunderstood. That's yeah. the thing he's got going for him. I think. Yeah, Godzilla is also likable, but and he seems like a protector of. Right. They make Earth. him out like the the protector of Earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what the conflict will be because they're the. The two titans that shouldn't be fighting. You know what I mean? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious too about that. I'm wondering if it's just a territorial thing. If maybe something happens and Kong comes to visit and that wakes up Godzilla and he's like, who the fuck is uh, making all that noise up there? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I'm curious what the premise would be. Have you started watching Winter Soldier and The Falcon? No, not yet. I started a little bit of it, but I was, um, that's because it was like my brother was watching it. It was on and I caught a little bit of, of it, but it was like in the middle. And I'm like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to finish this episode if I don't know what's going on. Like in the, if I didn't watch it from the beginning. Yeah. It looks good. I, I heard people were, are already sending hate mail and death threats to the stand in Captain America. Like he's a stand in. We know that's not, we know that's not what's his face. He's a stand in to advance like the show, you know, but like people are like, man, I hate the new captain. He's not the new Captain America guys. Chill out. Yeah, he's not. And he's getting death threats apparently. This is. Wow. Yes, People are so serious. Like it's not that serious guys. Damn. That's intense. Why would people do that? Sometimes nerd culture can be toxic, man. It's Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um man. (laughs) Ugh. Why? (laughs) Why? Why? Poor guy. He's just trying to live. He's doing his best, like the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah. He's just doing his best. And we all know that he's actually a hydro agent. Oh. Oops, spoiler. No, actually I I could be wrong, but uh from what I've read like, you know, in the comics, he he is the stand-in like you said, right? Um but he I think because Falcon is supposed to be the new Captain America. That's and right. th- this this stand-in one 
I think will be exposed as a hydro agent. As a hydro agent. I did, that didn't occur to me when I was reading it. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm.